0: do that. (laughs) Well, it just, it really sounds like you are, so. Oh my gosh. I'm getting a podcast divorce. Sorry, everyone. (laughs) We're going to podcast counseling, so. It's for the best. Yeah, we're gonna work through it, okay? Don't even worry.
1: So, please donate to our Patreon so that we can go to counseling.
0: Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Therapy's so expensive. (laughs) Listen, our
1: healthcare is just really messed up, so. Listen. That would be Buckwild.
0: <laughs> we just crowdsourced her fucking belt.
1: Please donate to our Indiegogo so that we can go to therapy. Yeah. That would be Buckwild.
0: A worthy cause, nonetheless. Welcome
1: to Into the Therapy.
0: Ooh. <laughs> Sit back on that nice couch and just I'll get you close some your chamomile eyes. Chamomile tea. <laughs> and and we'll, we'll, we'll
1: unpack some trauma. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about good vibes Ooh. and your family's. Inability to communicate.
0: Yeah, very relevant to this episode, I feel. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Uh, how are you, my dude? Surprisingly
1: refreshed. Ooh. Coming off of about 30 minutes talking about a good thing, which is Ooh. unusual for us. Ooh. So I'm doing pretty dang well. What the heck were we
0: just talking about for 30 minutes, Cody? Uh we talked about the good place. Holy shit. and if you wanna hear us gush about the good place, it's on our Patreon. Right Hell now. Yeah. So like fucking go get it. It's chill, we have a great time. Hell and yeah. it's great. You just made
1: me want gushers
0: real bad. Yeah, I kinda want gushers all the time. Oh my god. I think. <laughs>
1: Chris told me yesterday that Gushers are a sweet
0: ravioli, and I wanted to diet a little bit. <laughs> I mean, are, aren't they not? Like, they're... I don't like that. I, <laughs> it's, I think it's a bit too, like, condensed of what it is to be ravioli. But it has, it's a similar quality for sure, right? I don't like that. I don't like that if you went to, like, a, a fancy <laughs> Italian
1: place, and you ordered, like, a dessert ravioli, and they came yeah. out and they just served you... Like gushers on a plate.
0: Yeah, I don't think the Italian way involves gelatin or like.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, when you're here, your family,
0: you know? I, you know, that's what they all say, you know?
1: (laughs) Can you imagine just like the extra goo on that plate? You Mm -hmm. just have to cut those with a knife and fork.
0: Oh my gosh. I feel like it would elevate the gushers experience if you ate it with fork and knife. <laughs> oh my Just... god. Chopsticks. Oh my god. Chopsticks Oh my with god. Yes. That's my new brand now. That's who I am. That's the trash monster that I'm gonna be for the rest of my life.
1: Someone would might need to call the cops on you. They'd be like, this person is in distress. They're eating gushers with chopsticks.
0: If nothing else, I'll make a really viral, you know, Justin Bieber eating the burrito wrong style tweet. <laughs> And then fool everyone and then make millions of dollars. That's fair. Yeah.
1: That's definitely something that would go viral on Twitter. Maybe do it. Do it just for the clout.
0: Yeah, I think, you know what? (laughs) I think I'm
1: just going to fucking do it. Yeah, make a TikTok where you just put, like, hella darkness, my old friend, underneath
0: it. Oh, my God. (laughs) I love that this has just become a session of how to market my own content (laughs) (laughs) for the internet. That's good for me. Yeah. And me only.
1: Or just put that photo under one of those, like, no, Ellen, you didn't tweets. That's, like, a thing now, right? Sure. That'll definitely be relevant in, like, three months when two of you are listening back to this. Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, hi. Welcome to Into Twilight. We talk about Twilight here sometimes.
0: Yeah, I mean most times, really. Most times, yeah. yeah. Almost, almost always. Sometimes
1: we also talk about Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. Currently, we talk about you. Yes. By Netflix. Yes. As well. Yes. Um, well, it was by Lifetime.
0: Right. Well, I've had some time.
1: Yes, and we're getting into semantics.
0: Listen, this podcast is informally known as "Into the Semantics."
1: That's true. Before we get into all that bullshit, um, we have some current events to get into.
0: Pew, pew, pew.
1: Yes, thank you.
0: Pew, pew.
1: Um, one of them, first off, and perhaps most important this week, is Hottie Corner.
0: Yes, we have a very expensive <laughs> Hottie Corner this week. Um, and Hottie Corner
1: is brought to you <laughs> by Sweden's cute ass prince, who none of y'all told us about. Yeah,
0: y'all, what the y'all been sleeping on us? There's probably one Swedish listener, right? Maybe. I know
1: there is because we have we yeah. have demographics that can tell us about this.
0: So um, whoever you are, you've let us down immensely.
1: Yeah, fuck you. First of all, um, there's this. Hottie with a body named Carl Phillip mm-hmm. who is at the perfect age of 39. Is that the perfect age? The per I said what I said. <laughs> um I, fuck you, I said what I said. I just it's just a weird thing to say <laughs> that any uh, age
0: is perfect.
1: Now, he is fourth in line to the throne, but, you know, there's there's nothing that a little death couldn't do. Um,
0: yeah, and a little, like, poison or whatever. You know right. how royalty are. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but the, the best thing, aside from his Instagram, is that he is a spitting image for Jamie Dornan.
0: Yeah, they look very similar. They look... Fucking separated at birth. And he looks like the hot Jamie Dornan, because we have a very specific Jamie Dornan binary over here, Mm -hmm. um, in which one is hot, which is usually just, like, normal, living his life, everyday Jamie Dornan, and then there's not hot Jamie Dornan, which is Fifty Shades of Grey, baby Jamie Dornan. Yeah,
1: there's twink Jamie Dornan. (laughs) There's
0: twink Dornan. And
1: there's... The one you want to slap your ass, Jamie. Yeah, yes. Um, And and he looks
0: like that one. Yeah. He's got a nice beard, his hair's a little bit longer, which is a fun little twist. Yeah. Um, I do like how you say that he's a hottie with a body, in which none of these photos you can see his body.
1: (laughs) Yeah, as far as I know, he (laughs) is a robot from the pecs down.
0: Sure. But I like to believe that, you know, he's got it going on. Yeah. I...
1: Honestly, would I be sad if he was a robot from the pecs down? Hmm.
0: Yeah,
1: sure. Hmm. So all I'm saying is to his wife, Sophia. You know, good job. Nice, nice, nice,
0: nice, 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 nice,
1: nice. Congrats and. Carl, thank you for showing us a look into your life with your Instagram account where you take photos of you in your car. Uh, Doing the Lord's work. That is the most 39-year-old thing you could ever do. We also have another hottie part of this corner.
0: Hottie watch.
1: Hottie watch. Um... Otherwise known as another part of this corner, which is Pantsuit Corner.
0: Yes. An integral part of this program. (laughs) Yes.
1: Very much a part of our brand. We are pro pantsuits. Yes. And we got to
0: say that now.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, This pantsuit comes with, well, per Stuff.co, it is a five-piece pantsuit. (laughs) (laughs) Can you say who's wearing this pantsuit? Can you tell me who's wearing this pantsuit? It's Amanda so Seyfried. Like,
0: can you tell me who's wearing this pantsuit so I can take a drink of water? I'll say it again it's Amanda Seyfried. <laughs> okay. Take a big old gulp. Renowned and, you know, well, America's sweetheart, Amanda Seyfried.
1: Yes. Known for so many things like Les Mis and yes. Mamma Mia. Yeah. And so much more. Um, yes. This came to our attention because of the fact that this pantsuit is 50 shades of gray. Quite literally. Yes. Um, and one of the things I love about this is that Co was like, how to get this look? And here are five pieces of gray from this pantsuit. And the way that they have styled it, it looks like Amanda's wearing
0: all five pieces. I just don't understand what they were doing here because <laughs> there's a photo of her in this very good pantsuit, right? And then they have given us affected essentially three coats yep. and two pairs of pants and like in a nice little line that in a way that's kind of like a build your own outfit sort of situation but they don't like label anything for the most part they have the names and the prices below but in the actual photo it just looks like all of these equals this one picture yeah <laughs> like amanda saver has 17 layers on and is wearing two pairs of pants yeah in this photo. Which yes. I found hard to believe. But it's also winter, so maybe. But also so maybe. I don't think so. How would also how would Insider know or how would Steph know this?
1: Three coats, two pairs of pants, eighteen hundred buttons on her. <laughs> she is <laughs> a she can she, never go pee. She's got pockets for
0: days. You need yes. something to put? You need just to put your little change somewhere? Got like a hoagie you just want to just <laughs> Amanda Seyfried has got you covered.
1: She is a walking bakery. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: she is a woman of a bodega. She has got <laughs> everything on her.
0: Every pocket. A ponch key. A pond key, A pond key.
1: <laughs> Do you need ramen? She's got it. Yeah. Do you need tampons? Also has it.
0: Yeah, I actually bet that there's there's tampons somewhere in one of these pockets. Yeah, <laughs> you got. You never know.
1: I agree. The next thing that we have is in our Pat's corner. Welcome to the space. I guess
0: another tangential hottie corner.
1: Also part it. of our hottie corner. This is yeah. so we've got our our third corner here. <laughs> Welcome to the hot block. <laughs> <laughs> you walk into a room. You've got a, a Swedish prince. You've got Amanda <laughs> yeah. Seyfried wearing a pantsuit. You've got our Pats in a a a t-shirt that has a lot of rips and stains, and he yeah, looks and a nice buzz like cut,
0: nice shaved head.
1: Yeah, he looks like he's having an existential crisis. Yeah, and you don't know who's in the last corner. You just know you're having a crisis because there's a lot of hot people in here.
0: Yeah.
1: So, tell us about our pets. What's he doing in his corner?
0: Ah, well, we're back on the, the High Life Watch. Yeah, yeah. Which is the Claire Dennis movie that he's in that's coming out soon? Question mark? I have no idea when it's coming out. Oh, April 5th. So soon. soon. Yes, soon. Um, at least in New York and LA. Who knows about Chicago? We'll see. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, so, he's in this movie where he's a sad space dad. We know this. Um But... True we've learned that he lent his vocals to the soundtrack not dissimilarly to the twilight movie
1: <laughs> i'm going to die
0: but so he did a little did a little song with a tinder sticks which is sure. apparently the band that made the song that he sang on so that's cool i haven't listened to it but i'm sure it's just sublime i love that
1: he is continuing this I love that. I love that he sings on the movies that he is in. Um, it makes me so happy, especially because he has such a sad voice.
0: Yeah. He's a sad boy, you know?
1: Yeah. I appreciate it a lot.
0: But um, I do love the the subhead here that says, Something tells us Pattinson does not have a shallow-sized head on his hands. That's which so is a mean. bit of a neg. <laughs> a bit of a neg for Robert Pattinson. It's a
1: rude thing to do.
0: Yeah, he's trying his best out here.
1: First of all, the songs that he had on the Twilight soundtrack were the shallows of his time. So, like, okay.
0: <laughs> don't be rude. <laughs> they weren't even the shallows of that soundtrack. Don't even
1: kid yourself. Listen.
0: They I'm were very good. I'm listening.
1: No one gave those soundtracks the love they deserved at that time. Oh, we're just okay. now getting into that renaissance. Okay. All right. The last part of this four-part corner in your room. Who is it? <laughs> it's a cruise ship!
0: It's a very well, big room <laughs> <laughs> It's a huge room. The room is the ocean. The room is an ocean. And all uh, everyone is on buoys, just, like, waiting <laughs> <leaving laughs> in the water. And then there's a fucking ship. Um, Welcome it's... to this mind palace that we've crafted <laughs> for you, by the way. Yes. It's welcome
1: to this Monday morning. You're having to use your imagination a lot. Yeah. So the reason why we're talking about cruise ships today is that People Magazine posted an article kind of touting that there's a new adults-only cruise that's coming out, um, and it has a Fifty Shades of Grey red room on the cruise ship. Now, you might be wondering, what about the ocean makes me so horny? And I would also ask yes why because nothing about the ocean being in the middle of nowhere makes me horny but if for some reason it does they have it for you if you are going on this adults-only voyage on the temptation caribbean cruise all right chill it with the name it's a five-night voyage what they have here is called a naughty by nature red room which is quote a signature playroom exclusively for couples which talks about they have, like, workshops led by there during the daytime, and it is a fantasy space for couples looking to expand, experiment, and enhance their sexual freedom at night. So... Sure, yeah. Interesting. Uh Uh-huh. I'm... Yes. So, interesting. One thing I find interesting about this is that it seems like it's an adults-only cruise, Yeah. But the room is couples only. Interesting. So, Hmm. something to note. Um, but, listen, if you want to get down and clown on a cruise... Hey! With the motion of the ocean...
0: Yeah. And it's there for you. Pull a nice, talented Mr. Ribbley, Just get off on that boat, you know? Oh my god. Just get off. Um, so...
1: That's we got to bring up
0: Gwyneth Paltrow at least once an episode. It, we're just legally that's required. That's true. It to. We got to do it.
1: That's true. It's been a while since we looked at Goop. We should do that soon. Yeah.
0: What? What? I know they got that Netflix series coming up, but. Um, is yeah. that our next season? <laughs> oh just, my God.
1: <laughs> just, it's what, definitely yeah. something for Patreon, that's for oh, sure. Oh, for
0: sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: We have a question. Ooh. From a lovely patron named Cassandra. Hell yeah. Cassandra asks, fuck, Mary, kill, Blythe,
0: Beck, and Peach. Oh, gosh. I, pff, this is extremely hard now that I'm actually thinking about it.
1: For me, mm-hmm.
0: I think, uh... Ooh, I think I know. I think I know. Okay, go. Okay, I think I'm gonna fuck Blythe. Okay. Then I'm gonna marry Peach. Okay. Or I'm gonna kill Beck. Because, listen, as we learned from last episode... He just wants to take care of someone financially, emotionally, and sexually. (laughs) And that's what marriage is all about. Am I right, ladies? Right. And Blythe, I feel like, would be a a good, like, one-time fuck, you know? Maybe Beck, though. But I'm not sure. Okay. I'm going to fuck
1: Beck. Yeah. Kill Blythe. Yeah. Just because I can't stand yeah. how pretentious she is, sure. Uh, um, listen, I get it, and I'm gonna marry Peach because, yeah, uh, listen. she's a <laughs> um, wife, she's like, she's yeah. Well, and listen, if she wants someone to take care of, then like, I'll let that happen,
0: yeah. That's fine. I'm not with a post, me. I'm not opposed.
1: Yeah. I'm not a post um and we both hate joe so we work perfectly joseph 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 stop.
0: Stop. <laughs> joseph
1: stop stop <laughs> being such a creep joseph
0: <laughs> stop stopping my best friend joseph
1: joseph stop coming into bushes joseph yeah someone has to clean that area joseph <laughs> Some poor person with, like, a hoe is just at the bush.
0: Like, motherfucker,
1: this guy, again. That's just cum in that bush. <laughs> That's,
0: That's just... That I does just the opposite of fertilizer. Here. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah, now I'm just imagining someone with, like, a, a hoe just, like, shooing Joseph out of the bushes. Hey, just, get... Like, get. get. <laughs> As if that isn't the weirdest thing that dude's seen in New York, like, right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's like this is a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, fucking gross. Yeah, um, no all right, it. so this week we are on episode four, <laughs> and it's titled maybe, maybe, maybe. Overall thoughts from this episode since we're four in. Yeah.
0: Um well we're seeing developments with the the beck uh joe situation yeah yeah i yeah, think yeah. i think i i, I don't want to say i like her but i think i'm getting to know beck a little bit more yes so i'm more sympathetic towards her character a little bit i um, agree. and she kind of like acts on her shit a little bit and is like oh i'm actually kind of being the worst um let me you know figure that shit out Although I do feel that she figures that out in a way that doesn't really make sense, and also all the times that she's critical of herself is because of Joe pointing it out and the fact that Joe just knows everything about her and has to make her realize that is like a problem. But I think it was interesting. I think there were some weird plot choices and like little switcheroo things that they tried to pull on us that were very strange. Yes. Which we'll get into. I agree. I think this
1: episode was the one That made me have a soft spot for Beck.
0: Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm.
1: But I don't know that that was so much the writers doing that, so much as that was just a plot um, that was relatable to my personal experience.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. They talked
1: about, like, a a shitty family experience and addiction, and I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, same.
0: Right, it's like, cool, 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 I'm there. Yeah. What's up?
1: Hello. But I don't know that that was so much, like, the writers working for character development so much as they were like, let's just plop these in here and see what happens.
0: Yeah, and I think I think they wanted in this episode to talk about a lot of different things, and so they were like, oh, how do we get these, like, trend or, like, not trendy, but, like, these relevant topics um, in here in the plot and how does it make sense, right? So you get this weird, like sugar daddy possibility situation and like having to the potential or the possibility of having to like you know do things you don't want to for money right mm-hmm. and that's something they wanted to talk about and then they're also like oh these weird like nebulous uh, familial relationships um with a family that's like kind of your family but not really and also it's so distanced because of addiction and substance abuse and like a changing definition of family or whatever Mm -hmm. But, like, the way that they do it is very questionable most of the time. And it just kind of seems like, these are things that people are talking about. Right. Let's do it. Yes. Exactly. Mm
1: -hmm. So, the way that this starts off is quite different than most of the episodes that we've seen so far. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't start off with Joe talking. No. It starts off with Beck talking. And so, to me... I'm very confused now, like, where this is supposed to be going. Like, where is this being, like, written, or who are they talking to? Like, where is this supposed to actually be going, I guess?
0: Because, like, the whole point of, of Joe monologuing this whole time, right, is, like, we're trying to, like, get an intimate look inside his brain and feel sympathy for him or whatever. Right. That changes when you also give back that power, too. Um, yes. And I think it's also a reason why we're both kind of a little bit more lenient towards her character in this episode because, like, we see her inner workings more mm-hmm. than we did before as like an objective force, right? But now it's kind of just like we don't really know what that's going to lead to, or like, what does does is this going to be like a continuous flip flopping of narration? Is this like a one off? Like, what's right? Like, why is why did we wait so long to actually get a monologue monologue situation from her? I don't understand. Like, what is the point? Exactly. Especially if that could have been happening this whole time. Right.
1: Um, It's very interesting to me. Especially when the last thing that we saw last episode was (laughs) when they were having sex and (laughs) Joe like immediately came. Uh Uh-huh. And so for it to pick up with Beck was a very good choice.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it's a very interesting choice I guess is what I'll say. And so, like, they kind of go their own way really quickly. And she almost immediately gets that text from someone who is called the captain in her phone. Ooh. And so it sets up this kind of storyline, right? Where it's, to me, anyways, it seems very much like a sugar daddy kind of situation.
0: Yeah, I think that was the point, right? Because we're, we're, us, the audience, and also Jo, by watching her phone activity and stuff are supposed to be thinking that she's talking to a potential sugar daddy. And even the way that she's monologuing, too, is, like, the fact that he says love you. And she's like, oh, it's just words. It's just words. And, like, she's getting this money deposit or whatever. And she's feeling very begrudgingly about it. So we're all supposed to, like, believe that this could be a sugar daddy, right?
1: Well, yeah, and she, like, goes to a lingerie store to, yeah, like, buy an outfit. she gets, like, these outfit.
0: boots from Peach, uh, and she lies that she's going to this writer's retreat, and it's very just, like, wink, 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 you know?
1: Yeah, and so to do that, and then she's going to, like, a motel, right. it very much feels sugar daddyish and it... It, it sort of is, actually, oh, except for it, yeah, that it's for sure. it's just her dad who was Turns giving her Turns out she's that. just
0: going to a, a, a fucking Emily Dickens festival with her dad. <laughs> that's what yeah.
1: that is. Her family's just fucking nerds, is yeah, what it is. Yeah, she's just a
0: fucking dork. If that's what's happening.
1: Which is something to keep in mind. So, yeah, she's in this, like, fucking... I mean, she looks good. Like, she's in this, like
0: oh my god, before her dad gets there she's in the motel by herself and she like, starts to masturbate, right? So she's Oh yeah! She's thinking like oh, um, you know, like he's always late, so, and I you know, didn't get me last night, obviously <laughs> so like, I should just treat myself, and then like he honks the horn and like Joe's already there in the, the next door of the motel or whatever, like peering out, as he does and Can't she's like, hey dad! Fun. And it's like oh, Gotcha! Gotcha. So weird. Y'all got punked. My name's Ashton Kutcher. What's up? you <laughs> oh what doing?
1: What would punked in 2019 even be?
0: Oh, horrible. <laughs>
1: what would it even look like? Oh. It. It's. Oh. It's God.
0: the equivalent of someone um, putting like a famous older celebrity's name on Twitter. Like in a tweet that makes it seem like they just died but they didn't. It's just like a fake tweet that's like a joke or something. That's what that is. That's what the twenty nineteen Hellscape version of Punked is.
1: That's what I wish Punked was now is Ashton Kutcher just goes to someone's house of someone that's making shitty tweets and is like, Hey, you're being racist. Fucking knock it off. (laughs)
0: Yeah, hey.
1: (laughs) This is punkt now. (laughs) You're being a punk. Knock it off. One thing I I think it actually flips to Joe before this. Like before they meet the family or maybe not. Um I think yeah, I think it actually does. It flips to Joe because he gets into his car um and drives up there before Beck meets her whole family. Am I re- is this that? Am I remembering this right?
0: Uh yes. Yes.
1: I watched this like 2 hours ago and I'm still remembering misremembering all the details because it's all a blur um but joe like still has her phone and i think he even had her phone when he went to sleep with her which is a fucking power move right that was a that was a fucking ballsy dude yeah because um, the
0: second she went to the bathroom i was like all right. Thanks for the sex, I guess. I'm going to go pee <laughs> so I don't get a UTI. Uh, the second she leaves and is out of eyesight, he whips out her phone. and is like, so what you doing now? <laughs> it's like, motherfucker, let her live. You are in the same space. You've won. You've got, like, you had sex.
1: Yeah, because I remember him saying, like, being upset that he was having his dick compared to emojis. It's like, <laughs> dude, that's just, like, a thing. I don't know. Yeah, come on. Anyways, he drives up to follow her, because he's like, oh, yeah, that's just, like, a day's drive, MBD, um, and he, he sees, like, a deer or something, I think it was, and gets into a car wreck, um, which was very good for my health Mm. and well-being to see, um, thank you, Lifetime, um. And then gets into the widest conversation <laughs> that next yeah. morning,
0: yeah,
1: um, with this police officer, um, where he was like, because he's super banged up from getting into not like an actual car, like he he runs into I think like a tree or something. Yeah. Um, he doesn't like hit another car, but a police officer sees him like in the middle of this no middle of nowhere on his own and is like hello fellow white um Mm -hmm. (laughs) like and tries to talk him himself out of having his plates run because they're obviously not his yeah they're mr mooney's and he makes up this bullshit lie i think It was... I don't remember what it was, but it was so, like, absolute lie about him being from the area or something. Yeah. And I was like, this is a lot, Joe. You're making up a lot of shit for being in a lot of pain right now. Um, When they... He, like, goes to the Dickens Festival, and I was like, dude, you're... (sighs) Joe, chill for, like, one second. Hey, Hey, (laughs) bud. I just he's not even attempting to have any sort of chill. He's a really bad stalker. Yeah. He's just doesn't know how to do it right, which is very bad.
0: And so, like, he, or Beck sees him, right? Because, because Peach calls uh, Beck to, like, check in, right? And she realizes um, that joe has gone over to the same place that she is in because she's trying to find that goddamn book (laughs) oh yeah because she goes to talk to ethan about it she goes to the bookstore and is like where is he motherfucker
1: (laughs) (laughs) and ethan Um, being the lovely man he is like i don't know but he did go to follow his girlfriend
0: yeah um so she's like hey i think this dude is like following you because he's going to the same place like are you like actually, did you lie to me? Are you actually going in a retreat or are you just fucking Joe? Like, what's the deal? <laughs> um, and so she's like, I don't have time to deal with this right now. I don't know what's happening and I'm very overstimulated by my family and also Emily Dickinson. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> but then she, like, sees Joe just, like, very nonchalantly hanging out looking like Joe. Just openly staring at her. Just <laughs> from across the way. Although she does approach someone else who's wearing the same exact hat. Oh, yeah. That's, that's Sorry, I thought maybe, and then like two seconds later, it's like, oh, Joe! What's up? You, I can't believe be like, it's you. Yeah, oh my gosh. And like, he tries to play it off, being like, oh, you know, I'm a bookseller, I love, I love Dickens, you know? But then he immediately like flops and is like, oh no, you know, God, I'm just a big liar. Uh, I actually did want, I knew you're gonna be here, and I didn't like how things were left between us, and you know. Wanna make things right or whatever. And it's gross. It is. It's he's a dirty boy. It's manipulative and gross. And you're putting a lot of pressure on this woman who's going through a lot of stuff right now. Yes. And doesn't know that you're doing all of this intentionally. So stop. Sir. Well, and she's
1: dealing with so much because Yeah. One of the things to keep in mind is that um, she, from what us as the audience knew, was that her dad was dead. Yes. Um, and her dad isn't dead. She just refers to him as being dead, which is... I don't know that it's necessarily common, but this happens a bit um, with fa- people that have um, addicts in their family. And yeah. so, like, the... By saying that they're dead, it's referring to the person that they knew as yeah. like dying, right? And so, right. um, so like he is, he is like literally alive, but yeah. he's like with a new family that isn't her mom and like mm-hmm. they have a kid and stuff like this. So she feels like she's like performing with this, like literally dressing up, performing, stuff like this. Yeah. So it makes sense that this is a very difficult thing for her to do, yeah, and and stressful, and so to have, like, Joe come is just, like, not appropriate.
0: And and while you're wearing a corset the whole time? God damn. Exactly. No, thank you.
1: Yeah, hard pass, actually.
0: And, like, they use this as an excuse to be, like, for Joe to be, like, well, it feels like I've known you my whole life, you know? Which, like, bro. 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 Bro, stop it. Um, and the fact is, like, this also brings a rift of, like, her, like, quote-unquote lying about her dad being dead, like, is a problem with him, because he's like, oh, like, all these lies, right, like, what do I even know about you, Beck, you know, who are you, Beck, and Beck thinks that she's, like, you know, really revealed a lot of stuff to him, and they're learning about each other, but we still, like, he is still not given any information about himself, no, she's doing so much work to, like, Be emotionally transparent and like work on her shit and tell him stuff, even though they've even if they they've known each other a very short amount of time. She's divulged you know, a lot of stuff, um, personal stuff. And because she's done that, it like outweighs that Joe has done absolutely none of that. Yeah, and it's like, no, you still don't know him. You don't know him. You don't know what he likes. You don't know anything about him and his life.
1: It's complete manipulation. And the fact is, is that, like, she doesn't... They've known each other for barely any time. She doesn't need to reveal any of the stuff that causes her trauma.
0: Yeah, she's under Um, no obligation to,
1: like, unload. Especially because of the fact that um, her her dad's wife and her dad's um, stepdaughter, I guess Mm -hmm. it is, Um, are causing her a lot of grief in this interaction. Like, the kid is being a jerk to her. um, Mm -hmm. uh, Saying a lot of stuff that's making her feel really unwelcome and being like, your dad doesn't want to give you any more money, really wants you to, like, get a job and stop bothering him.
0: And he's like, oh, you just think he's an ATM machine.
1: It's like, fuck you! New York is awful. And also, like, She's in school and like trying her best and stuff and
0: wow. um
1: and like the wife I guess is like this mommy blogger um who <laughs> like has taken credit for like quote saving him from mm-hmm. his addiction Oof. um which first of all whoa and second of all um is I guess really makes Beck feel uncomfortable because she doesn't didn't know him through Beck's childhood and so Mm -hmm. it I guess makes her feel really uncomfortable with like they know two different people yeah and so she just doesn't they have nothing in common (laughs) like yes um and so that brings up a lot of like very difficult dinner conversation which they have Uh -uh. um during the last bit of this episode which is hard it's hard for them to have and is very relatable. Um.
0: My favorite part of that was there's a point where Beck, like, has a breaking point and she's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just going to leave. Like, you can just, you're going to be a childish and that's fine. Like, I'm just going to get out of here because I'll just be mad if I stay here. Yeah. And so she leaves. But, like, Joe doesn't stand up with her. And then you see in the next scene, she's, like, already sitting and, like, appeared, just, like, looking off, brooding and stuff. And then Joe, like, a couple seconds later, like, walks up to her where he sh- she's sitting. Did he not just, like, leave with her? I don't understand. I don't get it either. I love the fact that he thought, you know what? I I just met these people this second. I have enough that I can just chill out for a little bit. I'm going to enjoy stop. this nice dinner. I'm just, I'm, we're having a good time, and I can make some conversation, I guess. We have some things in common, maybe. I don't know any of them, but we'll find out. yeah. Listen, like, what?
1: Why didn't, why don't you just, why didn't you just leave with her? <laughs> Listen, dinner's expensive, man. Like, <laughs> I'm going to just enjoy this nice seafood here. I haven't
0: eaten all day. I just drove all the way up here, you know. <laughs> I just need a meal, okay?
1: I have a concussion. I don't really know where I am. <laughs> I'm going to just stay here where it's safe. Yeah, I, this episode is a lot, um uh it's wild. And I think one of the things, especially by the end of this, um, is it doesn't really seem like they come to a lot of a conclusion, mm-hmm. um, especially with Beck and her dad. Yeah. And even with, like, Beck and Joe, like, he is still manipulating her into feeling like she needs to feel bad for not sharing this stuff. And it's just not cool. Yeah.
0: But yeah, also this, like, this trauma is used to fuel her art too, right? Mm-hmm. And it, Which is another thing that Joe's kind of been guilting her for not really doing reasonably mm-hmm. because she does not do her work. <laughs> <laughs> but, like she makes this short story for her class about, you know, her family and about her issues and, like, stuff like that. Yeah, she finally writes. She finally writes something, uh, and she gets a text from Blythe that's like, it was amazing. (laughs) You're amazing. Yes. (laughs) It's really funny.
1: Um, I loved that, which is nice. Yes. And it kind of shows, finally, that she's having some catharsis. Like, she needed to have this conversation with her dad. She needed to finally tell him, like, did I tell everyone you're dead. Like, yeah, this is how I cope with you. Right. And I think that was important for her to have that conversation with him. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I think before this episode ended, mm-hmm. and I don't remember how it happened, but the Joe returns the book Yes. Back to Peach.
0: And there's no explanation of how.
1: No! <laughs> he got
0: into I, her apartment. Uh, but, like, he's, of course, peering from the window outside. <laughs> and he's having this little monologue about how he made amends with Peach because she he doesn't want her, you know, to get in the way of their relationship because, you know, Beck thinks very highly of Peach and Peach does not think very highly of Joe. <laughs> and, um... So, like, you see her, like, go to her bookshelf, as I'm sure she does every fucking 45 minutes at this point, just to be like, where's that goddamn book? Yep. <laughs> and it appears out of nowhere. And she's like, hmm, interesting. I
1: don't understand, but all right.
0: Yeah. Another thing is when they get home and they're like, oh, man, we learned so much about each other. They have sex for real this time. That's not eight seconds long. Yes. And then we find out, well, because Beck comes over to to, uh, Joe's place unexpectedly, right? Yes. Um, And he's like, I do want to have sex with you. I also have all of your possessions on my floors (laughs) and everywhere in this home. And so there's this (laughs) montage where they're, like, making out and getting on the bed. And meanwhile, Joe is, like, throwing away the book and, like, hiding it somewhere where she can't see And then they're making out, and then he grabs her fucking panties that he has, and just, like, shoves them in the middle of the couch cushion, and then they're making out again. And then (laughs) he grabs her old phone and just, like, chucks it under the pillow of the bed and have sex. And it's the worst thing I've ever seen.
1: (laughs) It was so bad. Yeah. He is awful. I don't get it. But... Alas, he remains on brand, I guess. I guess. And that's that's this episode, folks. Yeah. That's
0: that's where we be. Um, I do one last thing. I love please. after they have sex, and Beck is like, hell yeah, this is good. She, like, sends it to the group chat, <laughs> and it's like, yes. Joe did it, yes. And, like, there's all these gifs, and everyone's having a great time. And then Peach, like... Clothed the nines, looking like she's going to be in the next Mission Impossible and is ready to kill someone. Just types in, enjoy it while it lasts. And then <laughs> like, microphone drops and it's perfect. I love it so much. Yeah, it's very it's good. It's so good.
1: Um, Next week, we're on to episode five. And I haven't double checked how many episodes there are in this season. I think there's Three. ten. There's ten. Alright, so then we're gonna be at the halfway point. Pew, pew, pew. Which is wild, but we're getting pew, pew,
0: there. Pew, 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 pew. Um
1: We have so many people to thank. Oh my gosh. We've got Erin Salinger. Beep New to the pod. Thank you, Erin.
0: Thank you, Alex Blythe.
1: Damn. Alex, pew, pew, thank pew, you. Pew. We've got Marie Mooney. Pew, 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 pew. Oh my god.
0: Thank you to Taylor Brown Town Lautner, braver than the Marines.
1: Thank you so much for your service, Taylor. God.
0: Everyone, just salute real quick. Wherever you are, <laughs> just do a nice little salute. Thank you, Taylor Brown. Uh, thank you to Katie Weber. Ow! Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah! Thanks to Simon Motherfucking Steel. Damn. Holding up the fort.
1: Wow. Simon Steele. With his bare hands. <laughs> with
0: his bare hands! He's holding this up. The whole world he's got. And he's just like glue. Like he's just holding it together with his perfect little hands and he's making it work and he's holding up the fork.
1: Simon Elmer's Glue Steel. That's, yep, that's what they call him. That's, you know? That's what his friends call him, you know? Yeah. If you're a true Simon
0: Steele head, you know. Simon Steelhead. <laughs> some Steelheads, let me hear you make some noise. Oh my god, bye.
1: <laughs> That's so good. Okay, this week, I have a fan fiction for you that I picked out myself. Ooh. Ooh. I know. We're back um, in the old days. <laughs> I know. This is a ficlet. Um, right. Sometimes they call those chicklets, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, um, I know what you're saying. Don't and this is, you're
1: this is a proper chiclet. It's called Crush. The author is not Stalinsky. God, I haven't said that name in years. And this summary is Peach has a crush but will never admit it.
0: Ooh.
1: Yeah. This was written in... Oh, shit. This was so recent. This was written in January 18th of 2019. Oh, shit. Hot off the presses. And this is a proper chiclet of Peach Salinger and Guinevere Beck.
0: Uh, All right. uh, It is
1: 150 words. Let's do this. You know that she can do better. You know that she deserves better. Someone who will take care of her and let her live her dreams as a writer. Not some asshole who just treats her like shit or uses her to get off. She most definitely deserves someone better than a random guy from Tinder. New of, her devi- advisor. New of her advisor makes your blood boil. You wish she could take your advice and report him. You would insist on her getting the best lawyer in the state. She thinks that she's in love and you want to be happy for her. You really do. But there's something off about the guy and you can't tell what it is. You get upset when you mention his status. You knew she would. But she deserves better. If you can't take care of her, then you want to make sure that someone will. End scene. Damn.
0: Damn. Wow. I love it. I love it a lot. Alright, Peach. Peach? Alright. Miss Salinger, if you nasty. Oh, damn. Ooh. Ooh. Damn. Put that on a cross-stitch. Oh my God! God damn it! God, god damn! <laughs> Mother forker, M- am I
1: right? Am I right? All right. I mean, as you say in Seattle, get bit. All right, and get whipped. Woo!
0: This is an Earbud Media production. You can find us on Twitter at Earbud Media and listen to the rest of our shows. You can find this show on Twitter at Into the Twilight. As well as intothetwilight show, you can send us an email at intothetwilightshow at gmail dot com. You can also become a sponsor of the show or buy some merch at intothetwilight.bigcartel.com. Our art is done by Maddie Padilla, who you can find at yourghosttoast forty four on Instagram, and our music is done by Eli Kraus, you can find at eli Sauer Krauss and krausfilms The intro and outro is by KB Smith, who you can find at kb underscore underscore smith on Twitter. You can find Ali on Twitter at into wild places, and you can find me at dyke discourse.